Welcome to the CoinGam Podcast. I'm your host, Fritz Charles. On this podcast, we attack the crypto asset and blockchain space from all angles, from the underlying technology to the economic impact. Every single episode, we try to look at the blockchain space from a new lens, and this episode was no different. But before we start this episode, I wanted to share a bit about our advisory services. We've built a huge network of blockchain professionals who can help you out with your projects, whether you want to launch an ICO or you're just looking to do some deeper research. We can put you in the right place. We have advisors, blockchain developers, and legal professionals. If you need help, just visit us at coingamma.com. Now, let's start the episode. It's your host, Fritz Charles, and we're going to take a trip to the Middle East on this episode. Um, we're going to talk about this new project um, that is a collaboration between uh, the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia. Um, obviously, the Middle East is a very uh, important part of the world. Um, it is a place that has a lot of conflict. It's a place that religions were started. Um, it's a place that... Um, you know, in the U.S. has been pretty involved in, in certain political endeavors um, and journalistic endeavors, um, including the uh, Washington Post um, and Jeff Bezos, who's the owner. Um, a, lot, a lot of interesting things, National Enquirer. There's a lot of interesting things out of Saudi Arabia. But let's talk about Saudi Arabia, UAE, and crypto, right? Um, before, it has a lot of, this project has a lot of implications, um, political, obviously, um, economic, um, societal, um, commodity-wise, and, and religion. Let's start with religion, right? So um, when crypto had this kind of bill run last year, there's a lot of questions, um, particularly in the Muslim world, whether this uh, this new technology, whether it's halal, right? Um, whether it fits within Sharia finance laws, right? Um, they were... Um, you know, moms and, 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 and different leaders um, of the Islamic faith that said that um, crypto is not halal, right? Um, Saudi Arabia and UAE being um, the, you know, two of the largest um, Islamic countries in the world um, combining on this project, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm definitely not a cleric. Um, I'm not a scholar, but I would argue that that would mean that these, this, tool or this um, cryptocurrency is halal, right? Um, you know, obviously Saudi Arabia is a place where millions, if not billions, of people go and do um, um, pilgrimages to, to, to Mecca, right? Which is the holy land um, of, of, of the faith, right? And so it's pretty interesting to see that, you know, they're, they're, they're working on something um, together, right? Um, one thing to think about is the the fact that you know these these two countries have always been allies. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, political strife um, there. These are two countries that are um, of the Sunni, um, you know, Islamic faith, um, as opposed to the Shia. That it comes out of um, Iran and, and some of the, and in Iraq to extend as well. Um, so they've always kind of worked together, worked closely, and they are also U.S. allies. So it's pretty interesting. And so let's talk about the project, right? So this project is a project where um, they're doing a test, right? They announced it last year. Um, they just performed their test um, a few weeks ago, right? Um, the results are not there, not out yet. 
but you know, it was basically part of a bigger plan, right? So it's a seven-point cooperation plan, right? It's experimental for now. It's aimed at banks. Um, you know, it's it was unveiled on, on January 20th, right? And the technology behind it is going to be Hyperledger. Um, Hyperledger is a huge, it's a blockchain technology that is backed by um, some of the leader, leading corporations across the world, um, IBM being the, probably the most popular and the most premier. Um, and so uh, it's pretty interesting that they went with this. Um, you know, we know that, you know, companies like Consensus um, have, have a strong um, Saudi uh, advisory practice, right? So, you know, they went for Hyperledger over Ethereum. So, you know, it, it would be interesting to learn how, why, how that process was made. Um, but let's read the announcement between the two countries, right? So uh, they, they said collectively, uh, jointly, um, the cross-border digital currency will be strictly targeted at banks at, a, at an experimental phase with the aim of better understanding the implication of blockchain technology and facilitating cross-border payments. The virtual currency relies on the use of a distributed database between the central banks and the participant banks on both sides. It seeks to safeguard customer interests, set technology standards, and assess cybersecurity risk. The project will also determine the impact of a central currency on monetary policies. Um, it's important to note that this is not the first central bank-backed crypto that's been out. Um, Venezuela had their own crypto last year, Petro. Um, it still exists, we think. Um, the collective opinion on the Petro is that it is um, BS is not backed by anything. So for all intents and purposes, we could argue that this might be the first legit um, government-backed crypto, right? And so one thing to think about is like, hey, this is made for um, uh, for use between two countries, right? And so why do two countries have to send money back and forth? Um, for the most part, it's due to trade, right? And what could they be trading, right? And so they could be trading commodities, right? And what commodity is probably the uh, the most uh, known in that area is oil, right? So oil is huge. Oil causes wars. Oil is uh, something that people um, you know fight for, right? Um, it's something that is 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 it's, it, it kind of makes the economy go. Um, but it's interesting because you have to think about um, oil actually is denominated in the dollar. Right, so the U.S. dollar, right? So the U.S. dollar is um, the world's reserve currency, right? Um, it's been the world's reserve currency since World War II. Um, you know, uh, the the you know the, the the British pound was that in the past, um, but after World War II, the U.S. dollar has been kind of the um, the world reserve currency. And the reason why it's the world reserve currency is for many reasons, obviously due to economic stability, political stability versus. Um, some of the other larger um, economies in the world. But, you know, the fact that commodities are denominated in, uh, in um, dollars means a lot, right? So when the UAE and Saudis send, send oil between each other or make deals, they have to touch dollars. When the Saudis touch, send uh, dollars to, send uh, oil to China, China has to touch dollars. So even when the U.S. is not even involved, their central bank is involved. Their banks are, their private banks are involved, right? And so if you have a crypto, uh, you, have a, you have a crypto that's between these two countries that are oil, oil producing, is the next step having oil 
um, being uh, is the next step having oil as um, denominated in this new crypto? That's something to watch, right? It's still early, but you know, people, people. This is ha this ha actually has not been the first um, movement that kind of have has kind of tried to unthrone uh, the U.S. dollar as the um, the currency that oil and commodities are are denominated, right? And so um, let's talk about the Chinese yuan, right? So Chinese yuan, the yuan obviously is the is Chinese China's uh, currency. And last year, um, they announced that they want to do yuan de denominated futures, right? So oil futures that are denominated in yuan, right? Um, and so you know, China is huge. China is obviously the world's second largest economy. Um, their their reach is, is is increasing across the world, right? Particularly in places like Africa, South Asia, Latin America, you name it. Um, and they're the largest crude oil producer, right? So they have to touch dollars when they have to when they um, buy uh, crypto. So they launched uh, one denominated futures, right, um, last year. And you know, there's a lot of different things, right? So I mean, it it, it traded quite a bit. Um, you know, it started uh, last March, right? And so we reached an old, old, uh, almost up to a year, right? And you know, it people, you know, there's rumors that it might take it over, but this market trades trillion dollars, right? So um, even if it trades, if it traded a few billion, it fell short um, quite a bit, right? It's nowhere near um, the threat, right? So this is not something to think about in the near term. It's something to think about in the long term. Right. Um, but, you know, despite these limitations, um, here's an article from Reuters that says, you know, China's flawed futures contract pushes oil trade to record highs in 2018. Right. And so uh, their new yuan denominated derivative contracts um, pushed oil futures to record high in 18 and it ate into the market share of the two active crew, uh, crew contracts, Brent and WTI. Brent and WTI are denominated in dollars, right? Um, and so, you know, it was launched in late March. It was China's first attempt to establish an a Asian oil price benchmark that has, um, it got 6% uh, of, of the oil future uh, share last year, right? So that that's, that's huge, you know, it's less than a year or 6%. So if it keeps, Added, you know, next year maybe it has another six percent, so you're at twelve percent. Then you keep going, right? So this could be a conversation in five years from now, or even uh, sh uh, shorter, right? And so, but you know, according to this contract, there are some issues, right? It's something that you know a lot of people cannot trade um, because, uh, in according to this article, is as flawed, right? And so, you know, it quotes Shanghai crude futures are fraught with problems, preventing them from be becoming an efficient hedging tool for oil producers and ultimately the benchmark on par with Brent or WTI. Um, one of the main issues is that it lacks international market participants, right? And so without international market participants, you don't have, you know, enough volume and enough people to trade with, right? Um, and so that's kind of natural given it's a new product, right? You need um, banks to pick it up. You need brokers to pick it up. You need it to... Um, you need people to be able to obtain Juan in order to get it, right? And so, not a, you know, Juan obviously is at the middle of, of, of a lot of uh, 
controversy as far as, you know, capital controls and things of that sort. So, you know, it's 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 interesting. Um, it's early, but again, you know, that's another threat to the dollar being the only thing that, you know, oil is denominated in. Oil is, is you know, uh, until clean energy um, improves or becomes cheaper, um, oil is still the premier platform or premier commodity that's used for, for energy production, right? And so, you know, whether it's, you know, the WAN features or whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's the dot, you know, whether it's the, the crypto that the UAE and the Saudis put together, um, you know, there one could argue that, you know, there's a threat, right? And so, you know, the dollar is, is very connected to commodities, right? Um, you know, the balance, checked out the balance, the balance, you know, the, uh, they quote, the primary reason the value of the dollar influences commodity prices is that the dollar is the benchmark pricing mechanism for most commodities. U.S. currency is the reserve currency of the world, as I said earlier. U.S. dollar tends to be the most stable foreign exchange investment. Wow. So other, so most other nations hold dollars as reserve assets. And so when it comes to international trades for raw materials, the dollar is the exchange mechanism in many, if not most cases. When the value of the dollar drops, it costs more do dollars to buy commodities. At the same time, it costs a lesser amount of other currencies when the dollar move, moving lower, right? And so even the balance kind of made a nice summary of what I've been saying throughout this episode. Um, the dollar is very, very important in commodities. Um, what the most popular commodity in the world is oil. Um, guess what? Who has the most oil? Um, Saudi Arabia. And, you know, UAE also is a, is a top producer as well. And they're creating their own crypto together, right? So then the chi China obviously is the biggest importer of oil, and they're doing their own thing together as well. So it remains to be seen. Uh, what uh what this could lead to but you know um you have one denominated oil features you may have crypto denominated oil futures uh there's something to watch something interesting um again this is not something that's going to happen in a day a week a year um but you know over a three five ten year time horizon um it's something to think about right and so these are some of the cool um crypto related narratives that I like to think about, I like to watch, and so I think you should too. Um, until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the channel. If you listen to us on the podcast, please uh, leave a review and uh, look forward to digging into another um, theme within the crypto and blockchain space soon. Thank you. And it's a wrap for this episode of the Coin Gaming Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please share it out with members of your network, friends, family, associates. And most importantly, please leave a review on your podcast listening platform, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. That really helps the podcast out. It helps us get more exposure and share our content with more people. And don't forget, we're available to help you out with your blockchain related projects just reach out coingamma.com until next time